for a few minutes, we're going to talk about prayer. And prayer tends to be one of those mysteries in a believer's life that is always a place where we need to grow in. And uh, I don't know about you, I have experienced that many times in my life where I've always asked the Lord, Lord, please teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. And, um, you know, I want to look here briefly here in Matthew chapter 7. And uh, also before I do that, I want to read a, a very interesting um, quote by Leonard Ravenhill. And uh, this quote, um, I'm just looking it up here because I want to uh, quote it correctly. Um, this quote really provokes me because when we think about prayer, um, we're thinking about, the, as Martin Luther put it, prayer is the breath of the believer. So imagine if you've ever choked on something or you were not able to breathe. Imagine the panic, the fright. And uh, if it wasn't corrected, uh, you know, we would die, right? So when we talk about prayer, um, you know, Mother Teresa often said this, you know, you know, a lot of times prayer is listening. We're before the Lord in a quiet manner and we're listening for him and we're beholding him. So prayer is not always talking. It's, uh, it's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's a dialogue. So uh, when you think about prayer, immediately we may think, oh, I don't pray enough. Well, uh, that may be true, but that's not going motivate, to motivate us to pray. But what will motivate us to pray is to think about uh, the Lord and who he is and how much he loves to hear from his people in 1 John chapter 5, verse 15. So I want to read this quote, uh, and this is a very uh, provoking quote for me, uh, and it might give us an understanding of, of what I want to talk about briefly tonight. And that is, so Leonard Ravenhill, he's with the Lord now, uh, but he wrote this, No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are praying, people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, but few clingers. Lots of pastors, but few wrestlers. Many fears, but few tears. Much fashion, but little passion. Many interferers, but few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. If you want to look up that quote, it's by Leonard Ravenhill. And uh, if you just process that information there, it's very convicting because prayer is the real work in the believer's life. So again, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 7 and consider that, that when we are talking with the Lord and we're focusing on who he is, prayer is not 
always words. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says that we should pray always in verse 27 with an attitude of prayer. So uh, prayer can be very much a uh, an action of, okay, Lord, I'm releasing what's on my mind, what's on my heart, burdens, impossible situations. Um, we are uh, intentionally giving over to the Lord. Uh, I love what you wrote here. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. And, and sometimes in our lives, we're going to agonize over things because maybe we can't control the outcome. Maybe we're bothered by what we're looking at, uh, maybe a family situation, maybe a personal situation, maybe uh, things that we wrestle with and we are burdened with. And God says, take it to me in prayer. Give it to me. Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. So prayer is one of those mysteries and secrets where God is always working. Remember, he's everywhere present, all knowledge, all powerful, but he's also omni-active. He's always working. So, you know, maybe your prayers, uh, you may travail in Galatians 4.19. You may travail in prayer. Maybe you bring it to God many times in prayer. And somebody might say, oh, you know, don't bother God so much with, with your repetitions. But we're not talking about vain repetitions. We're talking about keeping it before the Lord, keeping our need before the Lord, keeping our burdens uh, in, uh, in, keeping those things in the hands of God. So uh, prayer is the real work. I mean, it, it does many things that we could talk about today, but one thing in particular, it keeps us connected to God, and it also keeps us receptive to God, and it also uh, commissions angels. So your prayers are powerful. The fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. First John, I'm sorry, James 5.16. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous has great impact. James 5.16. Your effectual, consistent, uh, maybe your honest prayer, maybe your crying out like Psalm 61, I cried out unto the ends of the earth and you heard my cry, Psalm 61, 1 and 2. So the devil will often attack a believer's prayer life because we are clever, we have great abilities, and wants, God wants, you know, God doesn't want us to only use our natural abilities, but prayer uh, initiates spiritual abilities. And especially when you're dealing with impossible situations like our nation right now, there are many uh, hurdles and difficulties and challenges, and uh, prayer will release the mind of God. Prayer will release and show us what the will of God is. You know, we've been saying this often, that prayer shows us what the will of God is, so that we don't chase things that look like the will of God. But when we pray, the will of God is made known, and it's something that we find and uh, we join God in the action of faith, and it's motivated by love in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. So prayer, again, is not a ritual chanting, a traditional repetition, but it's really a crying out to God 
uh, from the depths of our heart. Maybe it's just a few words. Maybe in, eight, in Romans eight twenty six through 29, maybe it's a groaning of a prayer. Um, you know, some people that believe in tongues, they talk about a prayer language. Well, just to say this is that the devil doesn't hang around someone that is in prayer uh, because uh, their focus and their uh, intent is in the Lord. You know, Isaiah 58 talks about fasting in prayer uh, and how that has a great power. We see throughout the Gospels that uh, many times demons could not be uh, exercised out of somebody without prayer and fasting. So prayer really is, uh, it, it, it really shows us the kingdom issue at hand and the way of God to release the power and deliverance of God. So in Matthew chapter 7, this is very interesting. It says, uh, when you look at this here uh, in verse 7, 7-7, seven, seven, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks for bread, he gives him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent? If then ye being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask of him? Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law of the prophets. Now, when you read Matthew 7, 7, uh, and then you read also Matthew 14, 14, where we can speak and mountains are cast into the sea, this may not happen immediately, and that's a good point there, you know. But God hears your prayer, First John five fifteen. He loves to hear from His people. So when we ask, seek, and knock, we are seeking His face in Psalm seventeen fifteen, not just a handout. You know, some people just say, "I'm going to seek God's hand." But really, we're seeking his face. We want to seek his face. We want to behold his face. We want to worship him. We want to give him the preeminence. So, so when we're asking God, uh, we are really saying, okay, Lord, I, I have a petition. I have a request, but your will be done. And then oftentimes we adjust because, uh, you know, God is always, you know, Jesus is praying for us to know the will of the Father. That's Hebrews 7.25. And also Colossians 1.19, uh, Colossians 1.9, excuse me, Colossians 1.9, that you would pray and know the will of God. Jesus wants you and I to know the will of God. So in prayer, we are learning and adjusting from our plan to God's plan. So we're asking, okay, we're petitioning, we're worshiping, we're interceding for others, we're supplicating for our own selves, and then we are seeking God. We're seeking Him. We're waiting on Him. In Lamentations 3.25, good verse there. God will speak and lead those that are silent before Him. And I, I think that's the greatest challenge, you know, with our busy lives, our multitasking, that um, we are too busy to really see maybe the answer that's right under our nose. And God is saying, First uh, Thessalonians 4.11, study to be quiet and look to me, learn of me, know me. And while the answer is coming, we are looking 
unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. And then knocking, you know, this is also a, a very good part of prayer where, again, we're just, again, saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to walk and until the door opens in Revelations 3.18. <laughs> or I'm going to walk and knock on the door that's seemingly closed because maybe uh, there's a delay uh, or there's something you're going to work in or maybe God's going to redirect you, the detours. Uh, maybe a detour happens and the detour becomes the road. So we're asking, seeking, and knocking. And I love verse 8. Everyone that asks receives. Does he receive the answer? Maybe, maybe not. But he's going to receive something of the Lord that's supernatural that he or she did not have before. You know, someone might say, oh, God doesn't answer my prayer. Well, maybe he just doesn't answer it the way that we're thinking. I think of a brother that prayed for someone all of his life. And um, that person did not get saved in that person's lifetime. But at their funeral, at their funeral, the man responds to Christ. So that's amazing. 54 years he prays for a brother. And at the funeral, that brother gets saved. So some things we will not see the fulfillment of. But God is saying, I am working. I am hearing. I am loving. I am for you. So, and again, I love the, the, the beautiful nature of God. When we're asking God for bread, he's not going to give us something that's going to hurt us. Or if we ask for a fish, something to nourish us, he's not going to give us poison. He's not going to give us a, a serpent. So as we think about prayer, think about this. No man is greater than his prayer life. So Maybe in, when you hear that, we can say, oh, Lord, I should be praying more. You know, that, that is true, but that's more of a pressure statement. Better to say, Lord, uh, teach me to pray. And maybe today I start with a minute and I dedicate time and I just talk to God from my heart. Maybe next week it's two minutes. Maybe next week it's three minutes or ten minutes. Or maybe it's corporate prayer with another brother or sister that is strong and has a gift of prayer. And uh, corporate prayer in, in Matthew eighteen twenty is very powerful, uh, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. Because without when carelessness, carelessness comes in because of prayerlessness. So someone that's with the Lord in prayer, intimacy with God, he's not intimidated by man. Uh, when he is with God or she is with God, we don't necessarily need to be with people. Why? Because God is meeting our greatest need. So, in, so we're praying instead of playing, and we're praying instead of straying. Uh, we're not just organizing, but we're agonizing. Like, Lord, what is your heart? Anguish, where we actually sense and feel the mood of God and are moved with compassion, and there's a soberness in our life, and there's a real seeking of his face. And we know that God says, I, you will seek when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. I love this. Many singers but few clingers. Boy, when we cling to the cross, our music, our conversation, our actions are very, very different. And there's power. There's power in what we're doing. Pastors, very important. But how about wrestlers? 
fears but few tears. Boy, this is such a loaded uh, paragraph here that when God loves and bottles our tears and our prayers in Psalm 141 verse 2 uh, are a sweet incense and offering to God. So, you know, so many uh, struggle with passion and we're, and that's an inward quality that's developed through prayer. What makes you come alive? That's a good question to ask yourself. What makes you come alive? Well, prayer shows us the kingdom purpose, the kingdom way, the kingdom uh, priorities. So again, uh, we just want to encourage us today that uh, set aside time and say, Lord, you know, I really want to connect with you. It's not about quantity of time, it's quality. Maybe it's maybe most of your prayer time is worship. Um, maybe most of your prayer time is total silence. Maybe your prayer time is you're just sitting there meditating with the Bible open. You know what? Whatever it is, we have an attitude of prayer. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.